0: Too. the original oh, sound oh, original. and um okay i see me, us i see us yeah me. no he's not doing original sound and uh and it puts we're, it into one channel for yeah no reason. one likes that and when we're recording so what a lot of times before the show actually starts mm. um there's this other show that's like the pre-show and uh i was a, I was aware down that and Jeff is just, you know, he's new now But I was aware that about of, of the 200 plus shows we do in a year Or whatever the number is 198 start with just me going original sound And you going on <laughs> yeah. fucking streaming and Facebook And maybe in 2024 we need to start with something else You mean do that part just before we go? No, maybe I was thinking maybe the, the show could just start with you singing <laughs> the stand breaking into song you know, Every Jeff. Jeff, morning? he has a lovely, yeah. he has a lovely singing voice. Have you ever heard it? Uh, I'm not sure if I've heard Dan sing.
1: Uh, is it? Uh, what? What are? Are you singing the classics? Are you singing well, Motown? What do you do? there? Well,
0: he's from sense. the church choir. Uh yeah, I did, come from choir. Did you do oh. any uh, church choir singing during the uh, the Christmas no. break? I didn't ask you that.
1: I wasn't allowed
2: to go to church. At no, the him. Hmm? Him. Oh, oh, no, him. What? Me? No, Dan. everybody, everybody's infected <laughs> around here, so I didn't, you know, get out much. And I uh, actually wouldn't have gone anyway, I don't think. It wasn't a consideration. I kind of stopped going a few years ago. Okay, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to. If you had to, like right
0: now, you know, some carolers showed up at your door and yeah, uh, you they said, hey, in. they wanted, exactly. They said, hey, uh, we understand that you're, you're Duran newsman. Uh, you're quite year you fancy yourself as quite the singer. Exactly. Weatherman, actor. Yeah. What song could you could you uh,
2: break into? I could do a bit of a, You're a Mean One, uh, Mr. Grace. Let me hear it. But Let you me know, like those carolers, they would have uh, song books, right? Yeah. I'm, okay. Forget that.
0: But we don't. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. Unless you want to Google some lyrics, just break into. Give me a little. Guys, one, Jeff. And I don't know if the, the audience yeah. understands just how melefluous melliflu, your voice is.
2: You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. Nah, 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 that's enough. That yeah, was very nice. Uh, very very nice, nice, Dan
1: Durant. I don't know. Words after that. I think you're selling yourself short there, Dan, by just
0: giving us the two lines. You know who also has a very good voice, Dan? is uh, mr patterson has no no well not in, in this group yes oh Miss, yeah patterson has a good voice too he has no well, you rhythm. Have a good voice i'm Dude, sure lumby has a voice. no no it's lumby here's the thing about fred and it's funny to me because fred has this amazing range but and and jeff and i have recorded together and apart many many parody songs Fred has great range, but he has zero ability to follow the song. It's, it's fascinating. Like on his own, like cappella, he can sing amazing, but he can't follow the gist of the record. In fact, I've... I've oh,
1: been, the, the, the tempo or the, the tempo, beats or the, the bars... Beat, Oh, no kidding. Because so, I, I saw the thing where he was singing in that sort of uh, amphitheater that's thing. That's right. In, in, in Greece. I'm sorry, in, in, in Rome. In, Greece. in Rome, yeah. I, I saw that. I, I went, holy, I didn't know Fred could sing like that. But, so but the, there was no there was no accompanying exactly. track to sing
0: to. And Darren, our mutual friend Darren Doodle. You know, actually, I, I played some of Darren's singing yesterday. For people who don't know exactly who Darren, he's this guy. Yeah. That's Darren. Yeah. <laughs> This is exactly there. So Darren tells the story of when Fred recorded snow removal machine. It took them, it took them hours because Fred just kept getting ahead or behind the beat. But anyway, who I was talking about? Whom I was talking about is Lumby Dan. I've recorded with Lumby, and like Jeff can really sing. Jeff can really sing and follow the beat.
2: Yeah, I got good tempo. Yeah, man. That's for sure. and do you know yeah, why well, that he's, is a drummer. He's, he's a, a drum. drummer? Because he's a drummer. Yes. God he's, damn it. There's a drum kid right behind him, right now in his studio. I
0: would have been a good rapper if I oh, only enjoyed right. rap. <laughs> that's right. That's, uh, as, well, we were, Dan and I were talking about that the other day. We're thinking, you know, who are the great unsung rappers from Saskatoon? <laughs> and I said, well, it's got to be top two for sure is Lumby? <laughs> if I only loved rap. Um, right. It's funny you say that because I don't really, I don't. I'm not sure i don't I don't hate rap, but I just don't know a lot of it. I'm trying to think I had this music the other day, and where is it is it this
1: i, I don't mind like when you when you're when you're hearing a soul song, a funky song yes. like maybe on a Quincy Jones record, and then there's a a section of it that some guy is, is rapping, but then we get back to actual real music yes and then, yeah so then I don't mind it, but if it's just you
0: know. A whole song of talking it's like it's not for- this uh this beat from uh m and one of my favorite rap songs because of that because it's got kind of a like this dan do you know this are you familiar with the yeah i am familiar with this song yeah You only get one shot. That's everything. Man, I I would seriously pay any money to get Dan Duran to rap over this. (laughs) For Freddie. Okay, as you can tell, everybody, uh, Fred's on his way to his uh, family vacation. And uh, our uh, very, very good mutual friend, all of us. Dan and I have known uh, Jeff Lumbee for a very long time. As you will hear today on this program, Mm -hmm. as we regale you with stories of the the three of us in our yeah. long <laughs> hundreds of years history. In the meantime,
2: this episode of humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state of the art humble and Fred studio in Toronto from our well-equipped France facility, and from Lisa's dining room table next to a fa- fake New Year's tree, and it's brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, and Kelsey's, and our newest sponsor, Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now, as Montreal Morning Man, where they used to do radio bits and marry women, it's Humble Howard and guest Fred, Jeff Lumbey. Uh, yeah, well very done, nice. Danny.
0: Well done. That's right. We um, all have known each other since Moose Jeff and I worked together in Montreal. Where we met our wives, and one yeah. of us is still married to them.
1: Isn't it funny how we were, we were talking about this uh, with our group call on Boxing Day. And, I mean, you can do this with everything in life, but the, but the one thing that precipitated all of us All of the stuff that happened to you and uh, me, uh, Howard, in Montreal was the trading of Brian Hayward from the Winnipeg Jets to the Montreal Canadiens. If that doesn't happen, you don't meet Randy, you don't have, you know, you don't have Charlie and... You don't have Spencer as your your kids, and I don't know Julie from a whole... You know what I mean? And well, I explain you that, except,
0: that. Well, no, you can... Yeah, I love that story, because Jeff worked with... Uh, well, you worked in in Winnipeg as a uh, sports guy. You were like the coach.
1: Well, yeah, I, I mean, I was the... Yeah, I mean, that 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 was what I did on the show that was obvious, and then I did a lot of behind-the-scenes No, 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 character. I know but I'm saying. That was your yeah,
0: character, because yeah, yeah. you're going to say... Yeah. I, and you became friends. Were you roommates with... No, Brian. no, it was
1: so funny. So one day I get in the elevator uh, of my, you know, uh, from my sexy bachelor pad apartment. Oh, yeah. And uh, and uh, Brian Hayward's on there and everybody knew who Brian was. He was the number one goalie in, uh, with the Jets. And I said, you're Brian Hayward. And he actually knew who I was. He goes, are you the coach Jeff Lumby? I go, yeah. I said, where do you live? I'm at 1101. I said, no way. I'm at 1107. We lived on the same floor of this uh, apartment building. And then we just became really good friends. And he knew that I was a big Habs fan. And he's from Georgetown. So he hated the Habs. And, uh, you know, one day I get this phone message. And it's, uh, Coach, Hazy. I just got traded to the fucking Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then he, he moved out to Montreal, and within months, he said, you got to get out here, man. The, the English radio is brutal. So um, I sent a tape, got the job, and, uh, you know, the rest is kind of history. We, we ended up living together there in Montreal. Oh, you were Hayward's
0: roommate there, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. It, and, and and you brought that up on our little you know, we have a, a boxing day called Jeff, Dan and I and another guy, Danny Kingsbury, who we've talked about on the show a bunch of times. And uh, I didn't realize that was sort of the key, because you going to Montreal got me to go to Montreal. Mm-hmm. And then Danny Kingsbury, who we all worked with in Moose Jaw, including Dan Duran. He got he was working. He was Fred's boss. Fred was doing sports in Toronto. He came to visit Jeff and I with another guy from CFNY who offered both of us the job. Jeff, at the time, was doing very, very well in Montreal. I, at the time, how was I doing? I had a ponytail. That's how I was doing (laughs) That's that what says it all. That's exactly <laughs> it. Like, how was you Howard know, doing in those days? He had a ponytail. That's a up. He sums was one step up. from homeless. <laughs> that's what. he That's my favorite part. Is a Lumby. Th- hey, remember when I rescued you from homelessness in Los Angeles? Okay, <laughs> but um, and that's how I became Fred's partner because Jeff at that meeting for some reason doesn't remember this. But it's the most
1: bizarre. Uh, it's the most bizarre. Uh, uh, omission of my memory it's it's just bizarre
0: so it was dan and i or sorry danny k um jeff and i and this guy named jim fonger who was a boss at CFMY, spirit of radio and it was very apparent that jeff again jeff was doing great he had a contract he had making money he was dating this beautiful woman who became his wife and again i had a ponytail so uh I I put I as soon as they left the restaurant and on the way home I went to my place and left Danny and um, a voice message saying listen I know Jeff doesn't seem interested in this job but I am so call me when you get back and that's how Fred and I got thrown together and here we are uh, 34 years later and Lumby as most people know from the southern Ontario area became this you know superstar morning guy at Yes, hired S- hired by Danny hired by Danny working with Darren working with his... <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> and by the way, this guy's wife, this guy's wife, this is how incestuous this all is. This guy's wife worked right. with Lumby and will be filling in for Fred tomorrow morning. Lori Love will be guest fretting with us, which I'm looking forward to.
1: Yeah, you're going to love working with Lori. She's now, when did you
0: work with her? Or did you?
1: Oh, all, the, all those years in... in um at Y95 in Hamilton, but she was doing the drive show. But when, say, Mike wasn't available for the show, then she would come in, or if Todd wasn't available to op the show, she would come in and produce the show for us. So we ended up working together quite a few uh, times. Uh, Lori would come in on the morning show and, and help out. Yeah, she, I mean, the best. Just love, love working with Lori.
0: And uh, you, and, and again, it's almost like we're recreating this call we had last week, but you and Dan Duran, who was originally named Dan Gebert. Uh, And then Dan changed his name uh, as a bit on my show in Calgary. Again, we've all worked together so long. But you and Dan worked together before the three of us met. You knew Dan before I did.
1: Well, Danny, Dan, and I worked uh, together in Lloyd Minster. That's where the three of us met. And I don't know how long we were there. It seems like forever because we've got a million stories, Dan. But I think that whole time for us, the three of us together, was what, six, seven months?
2: Maybe? Eight Uh, months? Maybe. I was there for a year and a half. But I, but I left after you guys left because I, I okay. can't remember where you went. Maybe Vancouver I, I or,
1: left the business and then, and then uh, went to CHAB. But I went to work for my mom and dad again at Lumbee Productions in Saskatoon. But then I got back right. in. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And, and the uh, first time <laughs> – so I was friends with this other guy, Danny Kingsbury, who put Fred and I together. Anyway, the first time I met Dan Duran, I actually met his room before I met him and he had oh, moved, wow. he'd moved into Kingsbury's place on Hochelaga and Moose Jaw and I was hanging around with Danny Kingsbury and we came over and uh, Dan had moved in and he was, I guess, working at the radio station <laughs> and I walked in the house and Danny goes, oh, i got to show you my roommate's room and it was, it was just this sea of clothing and, and girly magazines. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was just porn as far as the eye could see and I said to myself... This is going to be a very interesting man. A very interesting man that I'm going to be friends with for the rest of my life.
2: Just yeah, lotion, was, uh... Kleenex, magazines. <laughs> Lovely. I've, I've changed my uh, how neat I am, by the way. Anyway, I you know, I remember meeting Jeff in uh, Lloyd Minster. Oh, yeah. When, when I was... Um, coming in for the job i had had one job, job you, you worked at, in saskatoon or something yeah
1: I, had, I worked at cjww but you came from what cfcn was it or cfrn ffrn sorry yeah, dan had only and worked
2: in edmonton, in edmonton. Yeah. yeah and uh i got blown out and it's a long story but anyway the uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably
1: isn't yeah, that's right
0: i I guarantee, I guarantee you that story has been replicated more than one time
2: anyway so <laughs> <laughs> that's right I was looking around for a job. I sent my tape in, my cassette, and then uh, was it Norm? Norm Edward? No, Norm. What was his name? Uh, The program. Norm White. White. Norm White uh, brought me in and uh, then asked me to do a a show or whatever because the control room wasn't being used. Now, in that, in those days. There was a uh, production studio on one end, and there was a control room on the other. And in the middle was big voice uh, booth, big voice booth, huge voice booth, where the news guy did the news and all that stuff. Uh, so I came in and I started doing this show. And what I didn't realize is I saw this guy, you know, Jeff Lumbee. He, I didn't even know who he was, but he was in that voice booth. Didn't know anything about the station, but so I did my my uh, take or whatever it was. And I found out uh, months later after I got fired or hired, rather, that that uh, Jeff had actually been listening. He snuck in there Mm. and he was observing what was going on. I don't know if you had any influence on whether or not I got hired or not, but uh, you certainly were listening.
1: I I do actually remember uh, being able to weigh in on you because you just sounded so much better than anyone who was on the air at the time. And uh, so, yeah, I'm got to get this guy in here. I do remember something about that, but I don't remember sitting in there listening to your sh- your thing, but I wouldn't put it past me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <That smells laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> You're like, Lloyd Minster needs this guy. We need yeah. him if we're gonna get to number one. Um, so, anyway, we've all, this is by way of introduction, this is uh, Jeff and I and Dan have all worked together. We've known each other so long. So I, I met Dan in 1978, I met Lumby shortly thereafter. We were, uh, we've worked together, and uh, we've, we've hung out together. I've been uh, Dan Duran's roommate on more than one occasion. Uh, Jeff and I worked together in a in a studio uh, very closely for a couple years, and we, we know each other intimately. Jeff's moved to France. Of course, uh, Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic, a huge podcast, Humble and Fred Productions, Dan Duran every day. But Jeff and I were kind of thinking like... You know, we all know each other so well. And I said to Jeff before the show started, I said, you know, here's what we could be. We could have some fun because maybe the audience doesn't know these stories. I said, what is your favorite Gebe story? <laughs> <Duh>. and, <laughs> and 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 there's so many. Uh, I but, mean, we're Seriously, we could we could do the rest of the show on fun Dan Durant, fun Dan. Not, you know, not terrible Dan Durant stories. Right. So um, do you want to start? Because I like here's the thing. There's so many that are and have been endearing, sweet uh helpful doesn't, doesn't well of course that's the the first thing you
1: have to know about Dan Duran is he give you the shirt off his back um uh so it you know it wouldn't fit
0: it wouldn't fit but he would fit. give it to no. you <laughs> but
1: no but Dan Dan's always there to help out and he has he has a great set of skills for any of that kind of thing working yes. or any of that stuff so but but what end, what ends up happening is you know uh you'll ask Dan to come and help you with a project and before you even get to the wor- work table <laughs> He's butsing around with brooms, and well, we got to clean this up first. And no, Dan, here's the thing: we came to build the project, but we're, we're not cleaning up my workshop. And this is the stuff. This is where it all goes off the rail so oh, so yeah. quickly with him. He just he can't stay focused on the project. But I I think most of the stories have 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 we not we we talked about the
0: the Scotch incident? Don't well, you we? you could save the Scotch incident? Yeah, I don't know that. I I may have told it, or maybe I'm not sure if we've told it on the air. Um, but again, I would say this one of my favorites. OK, well, I could, I'll give you a quick one and then I'll, well, you can do the scotch and I'll come back to Hawaii. So Dan and I have also traveled together. The first time I went to Europe was with Dan. We went on vacation a bunch of times. First time I was in New York was with Dan.
1: Oh, that's and, a good story. That, that one with, when Bernard Goetz was floating around. That's a great story when you guys were on the subway together <laughs> and Dan
0: was pointing, <laughs> pointing. Pointing at the black. Pointing. Okay, I'll, I'll take quick, you, you, quickly, Dan and I are in New York for the first time. This is like early 80s before it became like Disneyland in Manhattan. Dan and I, we had these two women with us and we're on the last subway car. And at the very end, so we're in the car, but at the very end, leaning against the back of the subway. And there's like an open door there and like a, a window looking out at the tracks. Dan says to me, and it's loud, he goes, look, and he's, and there, by the way, there's a, a couple of black kids standing there, kind of lounging against the door. And it's like midnight in Manhattan. Dan goes, hey, look, look, you can see out the back. I'm like, Dan, stop pointing. He goes, what are you talking about? I go, Dan, put your fucking finger down and stop <laughs> pointing. Cause he doesn't seem to be aware that there are some people there that may not take kindly to two white men pointing at them. <laughs> he goes, yep. and, and so when he finally Dan catches on to what i'm saying he goes i'm not pointing at them i'm pointing
1: <laughs> <points> some more <laughs> he points some more. Go, dude
0: stop pointing <laughs> okay so there's a quick Danderan story we live we live through that oh we did <gasps> yes we did i was oblivious i was well totally that is your superpower kind of <laughs> if you were a su- <laughs> seriously that's your superpower you just that's can right. stumble through these things yeah and and we we come out of them okay what was your story the scotch story
1: well, it's just that we had a poker night, and Lou was there, and I think you were there. Oh, and yes, I, I was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we we're everybody was everybody had a thing. Like, I was, I bought, it was like a t- t- in the area of 50 bucks. Everybody had a $50 thing, right? It's like a potluck, so
0: yeah.
1: I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought the steaks, and somebody bought some wine, and somebody else brought, you know, something else, dessert or something. And Dan's thing was to bring, like, <laughs> scotch. So... We, we, have, we, we have our dinner, lots of wine, and then we, we play in cards, and then everybody goes in the morning. And no, I, yeah,
0: we, we're all staying over at your place, right? So no one's driving. Yeah,
1: yeah. We're all hammered. Yeah. So everybody goes in the morning, and I'm cleaning up, and I'm going, where's that bottle of scotch? That, damn, I was just going to put it back in. I was going to put it in the, because we didn't, we didn't get into it. We, we were just drinking all the wine. And, we, and where the hell is that? Oh, he took it home. <laughs> he took it. Right. He took it back. Yeah. So I sent him, uh, like, the MasterCard commercial uh, on his voicemail. And it was like, you know, steaks, $50. <laughs> Wine, $50. <laughs> Dessert, $50. Having your best friend bring scotch <laughs> over and then take it fucking home? Priceless. <laughs> you cheap piece of shit. <laughs>
2: and that was that and uh,
1: then he (laughs) he calls me back and and are you ready for this well i thought i'd take it home because nobody opened it
0: (laughs) so see dan thought that his contribution as long as he waved the scotch around the room like that we all saw it that that was that was so then
1: you and i remember we were invited over to their place one time and you and i brought like the most expensive stuff and we just said, okay, Dan, we're just setting that there. Don't touch it. That's and then right. we took it home. That's not for you. <laughs> not for you. We just wanted yeah. to show it to you. I've learned oh, some Dan. Life, life
0: lessons for you guys. You were such oh, a... Don't life don't do lessons. Anymore. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. I'll quickly... And, then, and good. This is my last story, Dan, I promise. And then I will, we'll move on to other stuff. Mm. Yeah. So it's a quick story, too. We were uh, traveling to Hawaii. We went to Hawaii. I think maybe my first time. And there was Dan and I, I think Danny Kay. And another guy from the radio station in Calgary, I think. Anyway, we're on like the 30th floor of this condo. We're all staying together, and we have one joint. This is like in the early days of weed. And uh, Dan and I, used to, even in those days, like late teens, early 20s, just got high as much as we could afford, right? So we have one joint, and, uh, and we're all holding it, because we know, <laughs> I mean, we should just preface by saying, Dan, you know, in his youth, had a, a, a reputation of being a little bit clumsy. And so we're passing the joint around. and When it gets to Dan's turn, we won't let him hold it. <laughs> so then he's like, and we pass it around two or three times. And finally, we're literally holding it for him like a spotter. And uh, we find, he finally goes, Come on, you guys, this is bullshit. You don't fucking let me hold it. And like, all right, Dan, because now we're high. We're like, all right, Dan. As soon as he grabs the joint, whatever's left of it, he goes, and it falls. It, fall, it falls over 30, 30 The floors is 30 down. floors down we're all just like we only have the one joint we're all just we're all just looking at him we're like just blinking cartoon like eyes <laughs> just fucking blinking yeah. at him this uh, is why dan this is why we this is why we can't have nice things
2: that's right dan that's why thank that's god We figured
0: it out um and again, not to put you on the spot, because I know you don't like these things, but do, is there, do you have any, is there a Howard story? I've got so many stories of yours. Howard or Jeff, is there some something in your, uh, if you were talking about us, say, after we're gone, oh, I remember the time. And if you don't, that's fine. Uh,
2: no, I do not for you, Howard. I just, no, because you've never met to me. Right me. Right yeah, it's yeah, been 45 no, years, yeah. but you have no well, you're recollection right, of me. a perfect individual. There's not a lot of stuff that ever happens to you. Well, my favorite Howard story is the Five Iron story, but I've told that a yeah, million times. I wasn't, wasn't even time. there, and it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, the Five it's, Iron story. That's true.
0: But it's not about <laughs> being perfect. It's about you don't have any thoughts of, like, maybe the time you had sex with my wife's friend on the couch and she got mad at you. That type of thing. You know, remember that? Yeah, your wife got mad at me. Not, That's right. You know,
2: I didn't get mad at you. I thought it was great. No, your friend. It sounded like my your friends got mad at me. No, the was uh, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to talk about that. That's well, uh, uh, you know at the time the Lumby tried to break me up. You know, in, in the studio. Oh, that was but,
0: classic.
2: Yeah, classic. He was like I was like in the uh, in the day we as disc jockeys had the responsibility of doing the last newscast of the day on uh, it was pre recorded for on the t- uh,
1: and it was on TV and it was slide and cart. And it, right. was, it was like five minutes of news, three minutes of sports, two minutes of weather, wow. and it was on a cart. So you, it, when you screwed
0: up, you had to start all over again. Oh, I see. So you, re, you recorded it to a device, for people who don't know. You, it, it, there was no kind of going back. Every time you wrecked, stopped, you had to go mm-hmm. back and start again. There's uh no There's no editing.
2: Okay. Yeah. So it had to be a perfect take for nine minutes, basically. Jesus, And so uh, we would try and break each other up once in a while when we were doing that, because it seemed hilarious that after, you know, whatever. So I had gone through the entire time reading a, perfect newscast into the sports kind of perfect and all this time jeff is on you remember we were talking about those two control rooms and there was a big booth in the middle well there was a booth in the middle and jeff was in that booth facing me while i was and i was totally ignoring him and he was doing everything to in his oh, i was doing my i was doing my elbows hey, <laughs> that's Howard, right i
1: was doing my he's double, elbows yeah.
2: if, he's he's us on, yeah. Yeah. In, if you're watching yeah. us on facebook
0: he can basically turn his arm upside down and he was
1: taunting me he'd look up and he'd go and then he would keep going and it was like I was getting nervous (laughs) go ahead finish it up Dan
2: Dedicated the cause. What did break me up, like, with one minute to go, he just started ripping his pants off. Like, not just taking his pants off. He ripped his pants. He found a, I don't know, a, a, a rip or something or at the bottom, and he started ripping them up in strips. That's hilarious. From the bottom to the top. And, and <laughs> it was like, that's finally what got me. So. Yeah. And then I chased him around the radio station, which we did on a regular basis. So, yeah. <laughs> that's true.
1: Never caught me once.
0: You
2: know, that's one of the things we did, Dan and I, when we were younger, <laughs> I
0: used to do this to him, is every once in a while, I would just attack him. Like, I would just start, <laughs> I would just grab him and try and wrestle him to the ground and tickle him. And being the giant man that he is, he's way stronger than me. But it just was like, every once in a while, we'd be laughing and I would just literally leap on him like Kato. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, anyway, Dan, uh, well, there you go. See, it wasn't completely the Dan Duran roast. I just wanted you to, you know, didn't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, Dan will be back and do the news. Uh, we've got a busy show today. Emily Muse is going to return to the program for the first time in years. Uh, for a while, this uh, woman was a big, sh- you know, she was a sponsor of a program. She, for you people who are new, you, if you're a hundy piece since Voldemort, you've never heard Emily Muse on the show, but if you're a Hundy piece since the beginning, uh, you know uh, her background. She was a, uh, an entrepreneur and owns, uh, believe one or two of the most popular uh, body parlors, body rub parlors, in the GTA. And like anywhere else, has a podcast now. Oh yeah. Now does she does she get into some of the stories? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be quite provocative. Um, And then, of course, the Retirement Sherpa is with us on uh, Wednesdays. Uh, But first, uh, Jeff's filling in for Fred, so if you have uh, a minute or two there, Mr. Lumby, you could maybe talk about some of the fine people that support us on this program.
1: Well, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan has been protecting Canadian firms for over 40 years, Howard, More than 30,000 small to mid-sized businesses choose the Chamber's plan to protect their employees with comprehensive group benefits, including health and dental insurance, making it Canada's number one employee benefits plan for small business. The Chamber's plan is simple, stable, and it's a smart choice for business, combining accessibility, flexibility, and stability of pooled benefits – Firms choose the Chambers Plan year after year because it offers unsurpassed value in customer service. Whether your business has one or a hundred employees, this is where you need to go. It's Canada's number one Employees Benefits Plan for small business. Check it all out. Firms choose the Chambers Plan.
0: Nice. To
3: cover
1: all of their needs.
0: And uh, what's the uh, website? Is it there? Do you see that?
1: Yes, for a free quote or to speak to an advisor, you can go to the chamberplan.ca, chamberplan.ca.
0: This is very professional. Ah, uh, thank you. Have you done this before? Yeah, I, I've read a couple of spots over my time. Oh, you know. Yeah.
1: You, do you do I want me to do the other one, too?
0: Or? No, no, that's good for now. I'm going to I'm gonna oh. pop in with uh, one of my own.
1: Okay. Would you like me to correct you as you go as well? Or?
0: No, you, I just wanted to remind everyone that they have a website. Was Did you feel like I was correcting you? If you want me to, no, I could. No I'm, no, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Um, glad as uh, everyone knows, we're uh, happy to have Kelsey's back, and uh, we had such a great time with him at our Christmas party. And uh, if you're a hockey fan, you can, uh, of course, head down to uh, Kelsey's to watch the game. Enjoy a cold 16-ounce Molson Canadian draft for only six fifty. That's not a mistake. Plus, you can enter for a chance to win. Original six hockey tickets. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse, watch a game, get a ticket, and enter to win. Uh, game night should not be a tame night. Huh? Grab your buds and visit Kelsey's today. The original Roadhouse, no purchase necessary, taxes or extra, must be of legal drinking age. Visit kelsey's.ca for more details. Literally. You
1: know what I miss? You know what I miss about about being in Canada? And that's one of them is going to a, a Kelsey's bar, s- saddling up to the bar and ordering me a nice uh, beer on tap, which here in France is called Pression. Oui, j'aimerais une pression si vous plaît. just doesn't have the same. What do you got on tap? What do you got on tap tonight?
0: You know, nah, you know and funny you say that, because I got a couple of we got so many emails from people after the Christmas party and and then it's just like sincere people saying, you know, I haven't thought of or gone to a Kelsey's for a while until I'd gone to the party and they all enjoyed themselves. And uh, the people from Kel- Kelsey's were thrilled. You know, it's funny you brought up France because I didn't want to ask you about this. We had because we, Jeff was on uh, with Freddie and I a couple of weeks ago talking about uh, Jeff and Julie's 100th episode. Um, of the podcast which is amazing and it's coming up i think uh, in a couple of weeks right 12th. Uh, next friday yep, the
1: 12th yeah
0: and you know for people they, i mean i reference you all the time i'm mean, one of my best friends we talk every couple of weeks you and i do a zoom call on a sunday morning we have coffee and catch up and but i i don't know that i've asked you about this when it comes to france because i know you guys go for these ex- Pretty cool lunches at these amazing locations around where you live in France and these castles and these fine restaurants. But what is your favorite, if you have one, what is your favorite French food that maybe you hadn't experienced before you moved there?
1: Well, I, I, I'm still uh, at, at a loss about French food. Um, I don't have many favorite things here. I do like, uh, you know, they, they do prepare fish well. And, and another huge advantage is the fish is so incredibly fresh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that really is half the meal. That fish is caught the day before at max or even maybe that day. And so, you know, we're we're so close to the seas here. But I, I got to say the, the food is so bland in France. It is, is it really? so bland. It, well and maybe that's because of where we are we're in southwest france obviously you can you can get more extensive menus in paris but you go to a place here and howard you you, you were here you you know what i'm talking about we would go somewhere and there's a, a plat de jour it's it's uh some places will have a by you know a la carte they will have a, a menu where you can but most places it's like your choice today is pork or fish mm-hmm. there it is and it will be made very blandly uh they, they just don't spice stuff up
0: well because we had a couple meals one in particular the the afternoon one where we went to that sort of courtyard oh well that was yeah like that was like i enjoyed the food i mean i'm really not that familiar with it i couldn't have tell you what we had i just know it was really good and then the evening meal where we had to go on that longer drive and we mm-hmm. came back at night and yeah. uh that meal was great but i and maybe and and maybe you're right. Maybe you, 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 it becomes you know monotonous. Like I couldn't tell you. Like I had some great meals in Paris. You're right, but like is there is there a is there a regional food where you live that they're sort of famous for? I know the bread we had was amazing.
1: Well, okay, the foie gras, which I'm slowly getting into. I've never been a yeah. foie gras guy, and and. One of the reasons is just texturally, it's just not something that I like. But you know what? We had some on on Christmas Day, and it was just incredible. So they do a really good job of the foie gras. They do uh, uh, they do a good job of duck. This is duck country, yes. whether you like it or not. And so they do a good job of duck um, foie gras. But again, it's um, you know, like the beef is really. I got. I'm sorry, France, but the, your beef is just horrible.
4: Is it really? The beef is
1: just. Well, when you compare it to uh, Alberta Black Angus or, or, you know. What what we're used to, a ribeye, you know, go, no, go to Mort, Morton's or, uh, you know, or any one of any great steakhouse. So,
0: so I'm just say, even if you spend a lot of money in your area, you don't get a great steak. You
1: just don't. It's just
0: because everything's all the beef has grown lean. Everything's uh-huh. lean, lean, lean. So, so you, you need some you of know, that fat North American beef.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, but because, you know, it's, it's uh, the beef in North America, like a, a, a ribeye or a... You know, but but mainly a ribeye. It's full of uh, marbling, right? That's right, and that, full of fat. Softens, yeah. It so- softens the beef, especially if you're grilling it.
0: And well, this is a good segue because one of the things you said there was there's a great story. <clears throat> excuse me, out of uh, France involving a, a restaurant, a uh, Michelin star chef and uh, one of his staffers. What was the story?
1: Well, you know, just when you thought like hazing was sort of uh, uh, limited to like hockey
0: you know what do you mean you say they, hazing like like initiation or something right yeah so yeah, yeah so
1: if you can believe it so this guy uh he's uh, uh he was he's i think he was five years at this place it's a five star or four star michelin restaurant where he's the chef of the restaurant wow. it's in Beritz. uh so it's in a really high end part and it's one of the top hotels there um and uh i guess one of the new kitchen staffers was It was it was that kid's poor kid's night for hazing or initiation. They duct taped him to a chair somehow naked. Mm. And let's just say an apple was used at one end and a carrot was used at the other. You can figure out what we're talking about here. And the guy has been fired. He's or he resigned.
0: The the, the chef was fired.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. he was behind all this and I guess that's a very common thing in all in in male kitchens. This would never happen in a female kitchen, uh but it happened in a male kitchen and it does if and the the, the hazing and it, it would just be yeah, I I've never understood that. I mean, in hockey it used to
0: be just brute. Oh yeah. Routine, Absolutely. Routine. Listen, I got it. I, I I went from uh I can't remember from midget to junior B. I was 14 or 15. And once you made the team, it was you were going to get haze somehow. And it was pretty mild. You know, I think uh, I can't I remember I can't remember what the the there was three of us that made the team, but I just remember it ended with us. The guys taking us out and getting us drunk. Probably the first time I was ever drunk was was when, in this hazing ritual. Um, but I didn't realize until just until you I just realized now until that they do that in kitchens. I never thought about that.
1: Oh, who do, Who would have thought of that? I, but uh, Julie passed the story on to me. She said, "Holy cow, look at this!" And uh, I mean, that's just obscene. Especially in today's. I mean, maybe maybe you could understand it fifteen, twenty years ago, but this happened in December.
0: Yeah, I can't this- believe it. Um, speaking of uh, food, so do you, is there a special French Christmas food you guys got to eat? Or is there something different than in Canada?
1: Uh, not really. The only the main difference here is they have their big Christmas meal on the twenty fourth. Oh yeah, and they typically don't do much on the twenty fifth except you know sleep. But yeah, their big their big meal here is on Christmas Eve. And there there are some places here that have uh, a ritual of thirteen desserts. I mean, good lord, seriously? Yeah, who can eat thirteen desserts?
0: I think I could. I don't know thirteen different ones. I, I tell you what, I was telling Fred yesterday. And I talked to Doll, his wife, a couple times yesterday. I had to call, call for some things. I said, I, I, I ate more than a human being should of her bark. You know, I, I ate 13 desserts worth of bark. I definitely gained some weight over the Christmas uh, break because I couldn't stop eating bark. I said to her, I at one point said, I'm going to have to go to bark rehab if there is such a place because I couldn't what stop. What are you talking about? She makes this bark, dude. She makes this homemade graham cracker, toffee, oh. chocolate thing I thought then, there was
1: something you needed to tell me <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, what, well it sounded like you're eating trees I, I'm sorry oh I, I don't see know. Well, I forgot you've been out of the country a while do you know where yeah. bark is no really alright well that's what it is it's like a Christmas treat the doll makes okay and uh, we got a bunch of tins of it and the girls were here and I was, I was putting all these restrictions on it. Okay, no bark between 2 and 6 p.m. You know, I was doing that kind of thing. I was like, hey, okay, no more. No bark until the second half of the movie. Anyway. Um, hey, speaking of uh, movies and Christmas breaks, you and I, I'm not sure if we talked about this or you just sent me the note, but Fred and I talked about it yesterday with our friend Bill Brio, who's our TV critic and smart, smart guy. Been covering television and streaming and movies and such and um i was talking about uh the ricky gervais special and the dave chappelle special and i'll tell you like i know what you thought of it i will just give you the brief for me like i love chappelle and i really really like ricky gervais but you know you and i have been playing records for a living since we were teenagers and so it's kind of like you can't have hit songs one after another after another. Eventually, you're going to have a record or two that isn't quite as good as you know your first couple of hits. And so that's a, that's how I would set this table. I can't believe I actually said that. I'm going to set the table for this discussion. Okay, can we go back in time before I said set the table? Yeah. go, okay. go uh, what, Yeah. Jesus why don't we Christ. say unpack this before? I unpack seriously. Yeah. Before I, un- I, un- I un- seriously set the table, maybe worse. Then unpack this. So he's, I'm, I'm, I must be nervous or something. Anyway, so what I've said to, about both of those specials is this. For for Chappelle, I thought his performance was 10 out of 10. I thought the humor was like 6 out of 10. Like, I didn't think it was super funny, but I thought the performance is... He's hard not to watch and not to... Like, he's really good at that craft. Gervais, I thought... Performance, like, not that great, like, 7 out of 10, and the humor, like, 4 out of 10. And using that scale, what did you think?
1: Um, I I just, again, nothing much offends me, so, like, I'm not one of these people who is going to write a letter, or I'm just, if something is not funny... I just turn it off. I didn't turn it off, but I just didn't find anything that Chappelle was doing funny. I mean, he starts out making fun of handicapped people. Well, and then he says, I like punching down. Well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I, I'm not going to watch the the uh, uh st- possibly the J- the goat, as they say, with Dave Chappelle. And if you're the goat, you're the they're the best stand up ever. And you're making fun of a, a guy in a wheelchair at the back. Uh, you need to uh, you need to put a little more time into your content, because that to me was just again, it didn't offend me, but it was just, uh, OK, really, this is
0: this is your. The, the, yeah, but let me pop in and say but that's all that's all that's all perspective. And you're, you know, the same way that some people love Metallica, you know, and I can't stand them. Like it's all perspective. Like I, again, if you if you wait till the end of the special, at the end there's a bunch of pictures, and there's a very the the, the, the congressman he was talking about. Yeah. So was that
1: there, that that gives you the well, not that, that it gives, gives you, but okay.
0: It, well, Big again, deal. he's, it, not, he's I, I'm, I'm saying is that didn't offend everybody. It just offend. It, it bothered you. I didn't. And, and I'm not it, saying it was the best joke I've ever heard, but.
1: No, it bothered me from the point of view that it wasn't funny. I, this, is how, this is what I think of Louis C.K.
0: most of the time. I, I, I just don't find him funny. I know. Funny. This is, and we disagree because I think Louis C.K. is literally one of the best people that's ever done stand up. Like, I'm serious, like, George Carlin level. I, that's my point about music, though, because it's you subjective. and I. Well, it's very. Thanks. That's the word I was looking for. It's very subjective. Thanks for helping me set the table. Um, it's very subjective. Help, help, help you unpack that, Howard. <laughs> Um, let's throw that against the wall. See, uh, No, but yeah. it's very subjective. You and I share a sense of humor. So like a lot of people will have like sort of whatever. 80% of the stuff we would laugh at the same way. Yeah, Like, like Sebastian Maniscalco. Exactly. Boom, we're we're we, on the we, floor. And the first time I saw him, I I, I, I recommend a lot of stuff to you guys. And you loved him. But I will tell you, the last Sebastian Maniscalco special was yeah. dreadful. Yeah, it was dreadful. Just okay. Another and, and, and- don't get me wrong. I'm sorry. No, there's another guy wrong. I recommended to you was yeah. Nate Bargatze. You loved him. Love, it. love, it. love, love it. him. Love him. And, and again, I'm not trying to be prudish here
1: because there's a ton of Chappelle stuff that I love. I love almost anything that Ricky Gervais has ever done because I love his I love his take on cancel culture. I love his take on wokeness because I am a, a, a visceral hatred to that whole uh Concept of of if I'm offended, you all must be offended. I, yeah. I mean, it, it's to me, it's the ultimate in bullying, it's the ultimate in entitlement. It drives me crazy. And the best antidote for the cancel culture to me is Ricky Gervais. So I, I love all that kind of stuff. And the same goes for most of Chappelle's stuff. But even you were quite offended by his SNL appearance because it was anti Semitic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still, I'm, yeah, I was. I, I, I was disappointed in it. Um, one you didn't tell me, what you thought of Ricky Gervais' uh, special? I thought it was weak. No, I, no I, I thought it was weak. I agree. I just I thought he was kind of leaning on the same old, same stuff, and, and poorly performed. Like it didn't almost like he was happy. The, he was almost taking glee in the fact that he wasn't all that prepared, which I thought yeah. was weird. Um, well, I'm glad. I'm glad we got a chance to unpack this. Uh, this no, no piece. I, I
1: agree with you. On I, I mean, but in terms of uh, in terms of Chappelle's. Uh, Performance. Well, there wasn't
0: much to perform, so I I wasn't over the top. Of well, that, I completely I mean. disagree. Um, all right, let's uh, switch gears here. Let's switch gears and unpack some more, uh, something else. Um, well, that's not what I wanted to play. <laughs> <laughs> that's really okay. funny. Well here we go. For my love, six. There she is, ladies and gentlemen. was going to leave. Can you hear that music? That's a little better than reminiscent. I know. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Um, for many years, uh, our next guest has been a part of this program. Uh, first, as a guest, as a regular guest, and then as a sponsor. People forget that. For uh, that, in the early days of the podcast, uh, we had a uh, we had a, a, a variety of sponsors. I'm trying to think. We had one that was a a parking ticket organization that helped <laughs> help fight parking tickets. You got this, a
1: toilet seat for God's sake we,
0: Exactly, we were sponsored by a Squatty Potty for a while But our most provocative and favorite sponsor in those early days Was Muse Massage Spa Please welcome back to the program The co-owner of this fine um, licensed body rub parlor and for you older people, we'll explain what that is in a second. Here's Emily Muse. Hello, sweet person. How are you?
4: Hello. Good morning. Good morning.
0: Uh, Emily, this is one of my best friends and a uh, great broadcaster in his own right. This is Jeff Lumby. Jeff, that's Je- uh, Emily. Emily, that's Jeff. Pleasure. Pleasure. How are you? Hi,
4: Jeff. <laughs> nice Bye. to meet you. Good morning.
0: How long has it been, Em?
4: It's, it's been like a hundred years. It's been way too long.
0: <laughs> um, what years? So we started the podcast in, I'm going to say, 2011, 2013, 2014. You kind of came on. Mm-hmm. And were you, were you first part of the panel of women? Is that how it started?
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so we had a regular roundtable, Jeff, where we would have these women come on and we would discuss... Yep you know, topics of an interest to women with these beautiful, provocative, uh, very strong women who would explain how, you know, women work to us, because even at that time, we had no idea. Um,
4: Maybe give give
0: us a little background, Emily, like before we get to how you owned a massage spa, what was your background in terms of working at one?
4: Hmm. I worked in massage parlors for eight years before retiring and opening uh, Muse. So I worked, um, to be honest, in some pretty grimy places back in the day. There weren't very many luxurious options. Uh, Muse really changed that tide, but uh, it was an interesting and chaotic eight years. Now, <laughs> now did like you that is much.
0: There, was there any truth to the rumor that you retired because of wrist injury? Was that what it was?
4: <laughs> I mean, eventually you got to hang up your gloves. Right? Sure, exactly. You can't you can't keep that up
0: for. You know that's a lot of arm and I mean <laughs> rotator cuff. Did you did you ever mm-hmm. consider it, uh, what is it, Jeff? Tommy John surgery? Uh, yeah, or <laughs> Tommy, and, and, carpal tunnel. Right, carpal tunnel. A
4: carpal tunnel. I really buff forearms back then. Well, it's no, crazy. it wouldn't, hey, Jeff. Oh, like
0: it wouldn't be Tommy John surgery. It would be Johnny John surgery. It would just be John surgery. Um, <laughs> there you go. So you you were so you were in the industry and you sort of saw that there was. It was a pretty grimy. These the spaces weren't very uh, clean or whatever. I don't know. what So, give us the story of how you decided that okay, I can do something better mm-hmm. than
4: this. You know what? It was just a matter of noticing how many gaps there kind of were, or just the premise of could this not be done better? And at the time, the industry was almost exclusively male owned and operated. So, the other premise was how would women do this different especially one that actually worked in one before so it was uh an opportunity to kind of ruffle a lot of feathers mm-hmm. and change some shit and we certainly did
0: <laughs> um when you started out you you eventually had two locations and now you're back to the one mm. um yes what did you do different
4: um you know what? it was it was a combination of everything from big things to little things our venues, both uh, locations, even uh, which we sold our Vaughn location this this fall that just, just passed, um, there was nothing that was elegant or high end or, I mean, clean within reason, but there was nothing that was like wow factor or anything luxurious whatsoever. Um, we, we were, you know, we had a proper functioning up to date website. We had proper marketing and branding. We had, you know, proper training for staff. We followed the bylaws to almost a nerdy extent. We just, we really wanted to do everything kind of the right way and a combination of cross promos with other businesses, supporting sex work and women's charities. We, we really broke the mold on a whole bunch of different different aspects of the whole entire industry. And we felt those kind of repercussions uh, across the whole country, actually. We have friends that own parlors in, in other regions of the country, and uh, they constantly make comments or compliments towards us on things that we kind of started the trends on that they now get to embrace for their businesses, too, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh- I have a question for you. Have you ever heard of a? And this would go back to the mid uh, to early two thousands. <laughs> have you ever heard of a business called Magnolia?
4: I have not.
1: So my wife, no. bought a, my <laughs> wife bought a building, not for this purpose, but she uh, ran a talent agency. Not that kind of talent, uh, but <laughs> she ran a talent <laughs> agency and uh, bought a building on Davenport and. <laughs> When she took occupation of the building and uh, went to look at the second floor, someone left in a hurry. Let's just say that. And it was a uh, it was a rub and tug, I guess, from uh, back in the day. (laughs) And there were lotions all over the place and (laughs) the actual beds that they used. So they were out of there in a hurry. But the funny thing was, for the first two or three weeks in business, every once in a while, (laughs) Somebody would come up the stairs oh, that's looking funny. for. And uh, apparently, what, what happened the one day, and this is kind of when it all started to uh, to go south for the poor uh, ex patrons, was a guy came up, opened the door, and Julie's assistant was eight months pregnant at the time. Well, that guy was
4: <laughs> out of there.
0: <laughs> He's like, I'm go not on. looking for that. He's like, I've got that at home.
4: um that's hilarious
0: (laughs) when when you started because of your experience in the business and Mm. and how quickly did you i don't know how to say did you see a a two well two parts a difference in the clientele and how quickly did the clientele that you were attracting see a difference in your business
4: Mm. you know we thought it would have been day one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and well, we thought we would have been booming busy and everything changed right from day one and okay. it definitely wasn't that was that was our ego speaking um but within a matter of months the first way that we really knew that we were kind of onto something and changing things enough to make the existing owners uncomfortable was a lot of the competitive backlash that we got and kind of the more that happened it really signals, okay, we're really doing this right because they would be so pissed off <laughs> if we were just out here making, you know, a mess or falling flat on our face. We were causing people that had a cushy 20, 30-year-old business to suddenly have to work harder, have to work smarter, have to spend more money and pay attention to things like the human beings that are in their building.
0: Well, and what I was going to say, go ahead. You, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, you go ahead. I now. was just going to say, what, what, what would you say would be the number one difference that you noticed from a male organized uh, mm. organization to what, what you saw as being what the status quo should be?
4: With with the ones that are normally male operated, there are definitely some that are nice gentlemen, um, but there's a lack of empathy, I think, with the staff members specifically, um, and no fault of their own, they're dudes, they've never been in the room working with customers. And I think that having that, not just the empathy, but the relatability, kind of the candid conversations that come into any sort of team building, team support, employee you know, support systems, It's, it's kind of weird discussions. Sometimes it's weird topics. A a great day in a massage parlor is a fabulous day. And a bad day in a massage parlor is usually a pretty terrible day. So that that middle ground is where it can kind of get lost. Um, and I think the way we care for and attend to our employees is really what makes the difference.
0: Well, I want to get to that because I also know from, you know, our many conversations back in the day uh, that uh, mm-hmm. you treat your employees completely different than a lot of these people. And some of these people where I was going to break in there, Jeff, when, when Emily talks about the competition in 2009, 10, 11, when they opened up muse, some of the people that run those other places are not the most savory of characters.
4: <laughs> no.
0: So, did any of league. those did any of those people visit you and say, "Hey, you're kind of stepping on some toes here"? <laughs>
4: um, we didn't. We, I, I would have preferred if they had actually made a friendly visit or phone call and actually stated something like that. Um. Unfortunately, that's not the way it went down. They took a very cutthroat, um, and really shady, uh, approach, if you ask me. They, they kind of broke what I consider the rules of fight club. We're, we're all in the same business. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things you do and, and certain things you don't do. And, uh, it started off with things that ranged all over the boards. They called law enforcement on us. They called the media on us. They called the Better Business Bureau, the tax man, building inspectors, Better Business Bureau, health and safety. You name it, they tried to cause them shit to, or get yeah, us completely shut down. To get you down. shut down, yeah. They took it to the point of harassing our families. They outed our identities. Right, I remember our that. our information and addresses all over the internet. its uh, It was terrifying, to be honest. Um, we we went through a lot
0: the first couple of years. No, I do was, remember that. I, re- I remember. I remember. Yeah. I think I remember that media thing before I even met you mm-hmm. as a, as a participant on the show. Um, <laughs> but you were very successful, and then in mm-hmm. 2020, the pandemic hit, and I and I've thought about you. We we were somehow it came up on the show <laughs> that we were thinking like, what are, what's going to happen to Emily Muse and the Muse Massage mm. Spa during those first. Months of the pandemic. What did you? Because here's the thing: you can do a lot of things on Zoom, but that ain't one of them.
4: Yeah, <laughs> right. That's not one of. Them.
0: It's right. It was definitely
4: You can do this all like you a,
0: want remotely.
4: Right. We couldn't just suddenly supply via Uber Eats. It just wasn't that kind of thing. Uber, no, it would be Uber Beats.
0: That's right. Seriously. I said Uber Beats. Got it. Yeah. Should I say it again God. for you? People who didn't yeah. get it.
4: Or, Um, You know what, I mean, just like everyone else, it was a scary and and dicey time. Um, We were in limbo constantly, not really knowing, you know, what the circumstances were, how long this would last, um, when when we could operate, what category we fell in, when they changed up all the color zones and the. the lengths of lockdowns and like things got things got really confusing um but our biggest blessing was the fact that we did have the two locations um at the time having a separate location in a different city was an absolute godsend um we were the only ones of our competitors that have multiple locations in different i'm sorry well
0: why, why did the second location make a difference
4: well, when Toronto was locked down, York Region was open, so oh. our bond location could still operate, and then it kind of flipped for a little bit, so we could move staff back and forth.
1: Um, and was everyone wearing masks at that
4: time? <laughs> they were. It was super weird. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, um, except that I mean, they were, except some of them happening. were, um,
0: except some of them were gimp masks for some reason.
3: They.
4: I mean, the girls got creative. <laughs> I bet they did. <laughs> They're always going to get creative. Um, but it, it, yeah, it was it was weird in total between the two locations. Uh, we were closed for 17 months. And Jesus. that's dramatic. Yeah, it, it's really kind of scary. Um, but we were blessed both both locations recovered quite well and quite quickly. Um, and just, you know, the right offer at the right time had come along this fall, and uh, we decided to sell the Vaughn location. So that's been a nice relief after the chaos of recovery from from the pandemic.
0: Yeah, it's funny, though, that the pandemic was a lot, you know, hard on a lot of businesses. And mm-hmm. uh, like I live, you know where I live, Emily, I'm on the Queensway. And I think we've talked about this. I can't yeah. remember because we moved our studios about eight years ago. <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, something between like Kipling and Park Lawn. There are 15. you in a red light district. <laughs> dude, there are 15 <laughs> body rub parlors all around me. Mm hmm.
4: They're Mm -hmm. open off. You know what? The thing is, though, some of them are holistic. They're not all body rub licensed. So they operate under an aesthetic license with
0: some loopholes. <laughs> well, uh, here's what I know. Two blocks from me, Jeff, I'm not sure if you've ever walked down the street, there's a place called the Elite Retreat, and I've done so yeah. many bits about this about this area in my stand-up, but one of the things I go, yeah, yeah, nothing says elite like getting getting a hand job by a Korean lady above a uh, Portuguese chicken place. <laughs> I said, one of, my, one of my favorite things is the Elite Retreat, where the elite meet to have their meat beat. Is one of my favorite things I've ever said. <laughs>
4: <That's> so funny. <laughs> you know what, Elite Retreat Treat's
0: been around a long time. Oh, yeah, it's It's like a classic. Um, Emily Muse, Muse Massage Spa.com is where you find out more. And uh, I would say the website, as you said earlier, it's a very professional, it's a bit provocative, it's not Mm -hmm. completely safe for work. There's not a lot of nudity on it, but there are a lot of beautiful, beautiful women. Um, Mm -hmm. and speaking of which, you and your partner, Riley who uh, I don't know that I've ever met maybe once or twice when you had her on the show with you. But you guys, so as I said to Jeff too, like everyone else in the world, uh, you guys have decided (laughs) that, well, we're going to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. Explain how that came about and where people can hear it and what it's about.
4: (laughs) Uh, It's been the most exciting adventure that uh, we've had in a while because it's something different and completely unknown. So we're flying by the seat of our Untechy techy pants, I'll mm-hmm. tell you that much. I know absolutely nothing about tech, so I'm learning a ton. Um, but it's between the fact that we're almost uh, at our 15-year anniversary, which will be June of 2024, um, all of the bullshit that we went through in the earlier years, and it's a, a lot of the, the foolery continues to this day. They still mess with us on, on a regular basis. Um, we had taken the Michelle Obama approach to all of it. We've gone high. We haven't told our story. We never talk back, clap back, or even say what on earth was going on through all those times. And we thought it's about damn time we tell our story. And I think we have a pretty awesome story to tell. And I know a lot of people are super curious, especially since the pandemic. A lot of people open their minds, whether they'd like to admit it or not, to sex work, online sex work, boomed during the pandemic from OnlyFans and and so on. And uh, a lot of people that never thought they would have been involved in the business suddenly were working in it yeah. or suddenly were part of it. And when people went back to work, they they realized, wait, there's not as much online traffic. Maybe I should try in-person sex work. And it's just evolved a bunch. And I feel like there's a lot more open-mindedness and therefore curiosity. And we've been having a blast. We've done... 17 episodes so far Good and for you. we've had awesome feedback. Um, even former staff have contacted us and not only do they watch every episode, but they're like, we had no idea you guys were going through all that crazy shit. Yeah, I <laughs> well, we just had to keep our game face on
0: the, the uh, podcast Jeff is called Muse on the mic. And it's mm-hmm. available, I guess, wherever podcasts are distributed.
4: Wherever you find podcasts, YouTube, Patreon. We've yep. got exclusive spicier stuff on our Patreon. Trying to not get in trouble from YouTube.
0: <laughs> well, I know one thing about you. I, I know I know you're, first of all, well, two things, actually. We're a great business person. Um, we had yeah. a great, The you and I and Fred had a great relationship. You sponsored us uh, at a time when we really could use it. And I know you treat your staff uh, very, very well. And and some of the people that have worked for you over the years have gone on to amass quite a, a portfolio, buying houses and and yes. uh, putting themselves through school. Like I know it seems cliche, but I mean, you guys really did make a difference in some people's lives.
4: Yeah, I think that's one of our our most proud moments. And you're right, people kind of don't always believe. Oh yeah, like. It's a bunch of nurses at the strip club. Yeah, sure. Right. And and to us, that's actually a hiring requirement. You have to have a job or, or be in school for something. I don't want this to be what you do full time. Interesting. I want it to be a stepping stone. It would be really neat if you could get through med school and not have to pay out OSAP afterwards and be debt-free. It would be really neat if you could put your kids through college and, and put a down payment on a condo. It, it would be really neat if you could own your own car and be a landlord. Like, I just think life changes when you have those opportunities. Yeah. And we try to keep our staff focused on the money because, really, that's what they're there for. And They're, you know, it's they're well, happy have- and horny, too. but. <laughs>
1: And as far as the podcast goes, you know, you can you can make lemonade and tell those stories till you're blue in the face and you don't even Mm -hmm. need to give names. You know, those are just interesting stories. Absolutely. I'm I'm sure you're finding that out now, right?
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's been therapeutic for the two of us to come you of go, it's, it, go it, it back. Can be really
1: cathartic, absolutely,
4: absolutely. Yep. It, it's yep. reinvigorating. It's motivating. It makes you remember lost ideas or you know laugh and share about some of your biggest fails and flops. Because gosh, we we've, we've fallen on our face a few times. Oh, well, listen, when you and, when, uh, when, I was going to say when you get to this
0: when you get to the point when you want to tell the Phil Hong story. Let, hey. <laughs> let, let me know uh, Listen man we gotta let you go Emily Muse Muse Massage, <laughs> Massage Spa MuseMassageSpa.com And uh, man it's great seeing your face again All the it's best so to you and Riley to Nice to
4: meet you Jeff Yeah nice Have to meet you Emily God. Cheers All Thanks right. thanks, Emily Ciao.
0: There you hey, go yeah. Just let yourself out There you go Do you remember Phil? Oh
1: yeah, I, yeah. Didn't he get married? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, got married. And um, so back in whatever it was, 2012, 2013, you know, we weren't 100% sure that Phil had ever been, you know, with a member of the opposite. And uh, we sent him there for an experience. And then this is, do you want to talk about a different kind of radio? So here's what we did. You can go back if you haven't heard it. It's a great episode. We sent him there and then we had him... And the woman that he visited on the mm-hmm. show together.
1: <laughs> Did they have two different stories?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm not doing it justice. It was a pretty interesting piece of uh, radio business there for about 20 minutes. Um, anyway, uh, we got to get uh, some business done. Speaking of which, uh, Jeff Lumby, would you uh, maybe tell us a little bit about uh, Bodog when you have a second?
3: Sure,
1: Well, whether uh, you're a sports bettor, a horse racing fan, poker casino player, Bodog is your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book and feature-rich sports book to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994.
0: Bodog. Um, and uh, our brand new sponsor yesterday, we spoke quite a bit about Mike Azarian, who uh, I've known for a long time. He's uh, We got a bit of a history with him on the show as well. His uh, wife, Andrea, has been on the program. But we're here talking about Lender's Choice Mortgages. There are hundreds of millions, maybe even more mortgages in Canada coming due, maybe even yours if you're listening. And uh, for a lot of people, they just go, well, I guess I'll go to my bank and that's how it's done. The problem with banks is if you don't qualify or you don't like the terms, basically you can either go to another financial institution or or you're pooched. With mortgage, uh, with Lenders Choice Mortgages, what you get is access to over 75 lenders. They shop around for you. They don't have any preferences to any one lender. They'll work with the lender that makes the most sense for you to achieve your goals. They work with banks, credit unions, monoline lenders, alternative lenders, lenders, and private lenders. Uh, they'll find a solution for all your mortgage financing needs. Uh, and I must say that Mike Kazarian is one of the broker-owners of Lenders Choice Mortgages, an independently owned and operated member of the Mortgage Alliance, license number one three five eight two. And for more information, go to LendersChoice.ca. Yes, sir. So there you go. Are you enjoying yourself so far? Yeah,
1: loving it. Having a good time, my friend. This is great.
0: It's easy, yeah? yeah? It's It's the easiest show you've ever done. Yeah, I think so. No, no, seriously. It's not nothing to it. Um, Dan Duran's news uh, coming up in a little bit. uh, But first, let's, let's want to talk about switching gears. We're going to go from Emily Muse to our good friend the retirement Sherpa who's uh, just going to sign in here.
1: I've got a question for him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, by the way, I sent you um, I sent you some information there.
1: Yeah, I saw it. Okay,
0: good. There he is. Sherpa 2024.
3: Hello, Tim. Good morning there, gentlemen. Happy New Year to everybody. All right. Happy New you? Year to you, sir. Let me
0: get your music ready. Uh, Our very first uh, visit of the uh, brand new season of the Retirement Sherpa. Always a pleasure catching up. Tim.Niblett at RaymondJames.ca. And here he is, live from the Southern office.
3: Hello, sir. Hello again. Good morning. I uh, actually heard Jeff when I was at a Red Green show in Tampa a few years ago. And he called in uh, through the uh, thing. Or maybe it was recorded. I'm not sure. You uh, went to Red Green Live? Yeah, one of my buds down here, he'll be very impressed, uh, of course, Howard, that I'm talking to you, but yeah, certainly yeah. that I'm talking to Jeff today. And uh, so, yeah, he, he and his wife and Lorna and I went down and uh, had a great time in beautiful St. Pete's at the Red Green Show.
1: Yeah, no, we, uh, yeah, I recorded that and he ran it through all his uh, his live performances. Because uh, Pat McKenna and I went to that same show uh, in Hamilton. So he did, yeah, that was a big tour for him. He did quite a few American dates.
3: It, it was very cool to see down here. I mean, I know it was big on PBS, I think yeah. it was, right? And uh, yeah. uh, big following, lots of fans, probably some Canadians in the group certainly as well. But yeah, it was, I think, about a 3,000-seat place, and it was full. Yeah,
0: good for he will him. Be,
3: he will
1: be inducted into
3: the Canadian
0: Comedy hall of fame in february in hamilton and deservedly so you know that's one of the things i never i I apologize i should have said it in my introduction like an hour ago for you people who don't know uh not only is jeff a radio guy but uh quite extensive voiceover animation and how many seasons were you a character on the red green show 13 i think wow from, yeah, from 92 to 2005,
1: I was on, and the show was on from 1990 to 2005. Amazing. So, yeah, hundreds of episodes. It was just the greatest experience of all time. It's incredible. Yeah,
3: yeah, it was really great. Um, it was just on CHCH, I think. In the no, no, early. no,
1: CBCB. CBC. Oh, C B C B At the beginning. At the beginning, yeah. you're right. It was CHCH, and then uh, Steve took over the creative uh, part of the show because CH wasn't
0: interested, so uh, that was a bad move on their part. Yeah, nice. and
1: uh, yeah, so then it was
0: CBC the rest of the way. Um, and for you people that are fans of the show, Jeff's character was the sewage guy. Yes, Winston Rothschild the which is which is a great character. But for some reason, there was a, a bit that we did, Jeff and I, in Montreal, where you played this. I can't remember this guy from Eddie from Verdun or something, but it was a. Similar- yeah, it
1: was a- Similar voice, similar yeah, voice. Bowler, right? Yeah, That's yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's talk money. Twenty twenty four is upon us, and the sherpa's back. Um, I mean, it's obvious. We, we, you know, we, we, we got to get ready. There's a couple of, you know, sort of Canadian or not just Canadian, but tax uh, sign. There's things coming up, deadlines coming up. But what do you want to talk about first? So, twenty twenty four financial goals.
3: Sure. I mean, I I know it's the 5th of January, so people are probably sick of their New Year's resolutions and or have stopped doing them already, like not eating enough bark or, or whatever. Uh-huh. Too much but, bark. Uh, I, I mean, really, the first thing is financially it, it is do you have a plan right we talk about it all the time but for a reason it's whether it's business whether it's a a show a podcast whatever you have to have a plan and so first is really a do you have one and b have you looked at it at all? Mm-hmm. When, when was the last time you you reviewed it and if it's been i'll say over six to, to 12 months you probably should find some time uh, as early in 2024 as possible
1: Hey, I've got a quick question for you, and I don't know if you can answer it or not. But you know, I noticed uh, that estate planning is also a part of your uh, part of your life. Yes.
3: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So uh, we've moved to France, and we we found out that you can make a choice as to which country you want as a as an expat. We can choose uh to have our wills made in Canada but we have to let the French government know that and then there's probably going to be two different wills when when we finally get to this because we have holdings in France it's so completely confusing have you ever had uh, a client who's in a uh, who's moved to another country and has needed estate planning
3: we have some all kind of around the world some just moved back from Australia we got some in uh, in Great Britain uh, nobody in France uh, currently but um, no, <laughs> I, I can't say that. I, I can't say that I've come across that, Jeff. And I, I, thankfully know who I could ask, but it's not top of mind for me at all.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a bizarre situation. Wait a second, fascinating, right? I, I have it a question
0: is. for Jeff. You moved to France, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know that is you brought up estate planning. One of the things that uh, Tim has said to us, you know, over the years, and it's true with for a lot of people, they would almost rather do anything then look at their portfolio or talk about estate planning but as you say uh, tim it's a necessary function of everyday life especially as people get into their retirement years
3: right absolutely one one thing that's pretty hot right now that people should pay attention to and i heard you just talk about uh, uh mike previously there is your mortgage right i mean that's a big cash flow thing a big asset uh with your home uh, the 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 landscape has been changing quite a bit the last couple of years and all. And, uh, you know, that that's one of the, the biggest bills so to speak you have every uh week or month you you should pay attention to that also there's Mm -hmm. lots of stuff we should uh not just watch uh reruns of tiger woods uh from three years ago
0: (laughs) that's right so do you recommend so is that one of the things you would say in a meeting to somebody like let's look at your debt mortgages uh and other stuff and and start to balance that is that something people should start thinking about in 2024
3: yeah absolutely well we do a plan for people right i mean we we Get updated information on all their, their assets and liabilities, not, not just the stuff that's with us, but, uh, everywhere, because uh, they all fit into the, uh, into the big plan right into the big picture if you've got i've said it before apparently i'll say it again i mean if you make one percent more on your investments in a year that's great especially over time but if you're underinsured or you don't have an estate plan or your mortgage you're paying off to improperly uh that somebody like mike can help you with uh, those things make a big difference too
1: and another thing that makes a big difference is as you get older, uh, obviously the risk factors change, and that's why you should be, uh, you know, scrutinizing your your investments uh, to, to change that a- around a bit as you move on.
3: It's a huge different dynamic, right? When when we're in accumulation mode, when when we're working and investing, we we kind of feel more abundance, I guess. When when we're in retirement mode and taking income out of there it's more of a scarcity thing Mm -hmm. so yeah one of my clients pulled out uh you know i'm taking money out now and uh don't forget the regressive return means whatever I, I, i can't even remember the term it was kind of funny i i remembered it when i did my exams 30 years ago but uh you know you've really got to watch if you're having a negative return and taking money out at the same time. You know, 2022 is a, a less than pretty year in the markets. So if you went backwards and were taking income out, uh, that can really drastically affect things. So you've really got to, again, pay attention. So your portfolio right now, this year is expected to be pretty positive. Last year turned out good, a little choppier than we wanted, but but pretty darn good. And, and most expectations for 24 are quite positive. Are you situated properly for that, right? Have you still got the defensive mode on from 2022 going into 2024? Probably not the right way to do things. Well, listen, man, I uh, I know you're off on a bit of an adventure.
0: We're going to have uh, Jay Bondy with us over the next month or so. Uh, I wish you well. Safe travels. It sounds like uh, an amazing you're off to the to the Orient. And I know Jay will be... Uh, Uh, hanging out with us, and uh, we uh, will trust that he'll uh, fill in and fill your shoes. Uh, Tim.Niblett at RaymondJames.ca and uh, any final thoughts before we say so long until Feb's
3: yeah, well, it's uh, it's going to be a month, so uh, I don't know. It'll be harder us missing our new puppy for uh, for a month, Aww. or Ooh. us having to spend twenty eight days on a cruise ship together. That might be a bit <laughs> of a challenge too.
0: <laughs> That'll test. Yeah, where, where is that in your estate planning? <laughs> we have updated our wills, Howard. Just That's so really you know. funny. Uh, listen, man. Um, I'm <clears throat> if I, I was going to give you a call before you left, but if I if we don't get a chance to hook up, I will uh, talk to you soon. And all the best, my friend, and happy new year.
3: Pleasure as always guys Have a fantastic year Cheer, Cheers man Good to see Thanks, you Thanks Jeff Great seeing you Alright all right. take care The Retirement Sherpa I love the fact that he's Plugging
0: our new uh, Sponsor Mike Kazarian Because all three of us Mike and I And Tim All know each other From uh, golfing together Okay and, and that's how I got Tim It's funny as Tim's been with us I don't know I was going to ask him like Six or seven years As a sponsor Wow that's great. And it started because, you know, we called to the same club and we were talking about, you know, advisors and say, and then he just came on as a, as a guest and it clicked.
1: And you know what, Howard, uh, to your credit, uh, people don't hang around paying money for advertising for six or seven years unless it's working for them. So, you know, oh,
0: I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's true. Like we've got the chamber plan, uh, Tim uh, Boron one, which I'm going to talk about in a second, but Tim Daniels. He's a, an old Moose Jaw guy, moved to, Fran, uh, moved to Florence. I've told you about him. Um, yeah. they've, they've all hung around for years. And then, of course, we have our newer sponsors like Bodog and Kelsey's and uh, Palma Pasta has been on a couple years, and Yeah, it's been great. Um, we're waiting for Dan Duran to come back. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, Dan comes so, back and he does the news. That's so, that's so odd that he'd be late. Oh, that's no, he's, just, not, he's not late yet. Oh, he's not late yet? <laughs> no, no, no. That's uh, oh, okay. very... Dan just he's waiting till it's time. That's funny. Nice. You're funny man. Oh my God,
1: Dan Duran. I mean, you know, we started the show off talking about Dan Duran stories, and they, he he's he's a bit of an a uh, you know he's a he's a bit of an outlier that fellow. Oh
0: yes, well, it's an odd one.
1: And uh, odd one in a very good way. Yeah. But he's he's a funny fellow. <laughs> like 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 one of the first things I remember about Dan, we met in Lloydminster. And we would we had no money. We were making five hundred bucks a month. So but we would go to the Husky car truck stop or Smitty's. That's that was it. Oh, That's yeah. where we would go. And uh Dan would uh he would get into uh a, a bordering on a physical fight with a man. Me- like honestly, so he he was ordering, I think it was like waffles, yeah, and the waffles had a side of coleslaw, and Dan for fifteen minutes Argued with the manager, yeah, because the manager wouldn't allow him to trade his coleslaw for a large milk.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: and he was going, well, wait a minute, I'll bet you actually that uh, the large milk is actually cheaper than the coleslaw, mm-hmm. and then he's going through all of these scenarios, and we're just like, Dan, can we just order? Can we just-
0: we just eat our burgers. Yeah. And can we just But but I thought you were gonna tell the story. Dan, we have, we 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 took a break from telling Dan's stories, but Jeff wrote it back. What about the story yeah, where back. we were where we were at a, you guys were at a steakhouse and you wanted to change the lobster or fries for lobster or no, something?
1: No, 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 no. He, he ordered surf and turf and then he said, and would you mind just putting an extra slice of roast beef on there for me? And
0: she goes, oh, that's it.
1: No. No, I would mind. It's one slice of beef, and then the, <laughs>
0: the seafood. That's right.
1: No, I won't I can't put an extra slice on unless you pay for it.
0: God, you're weird sometimes, hey, Dan. You know, I don't. Jeff probably wasn't listening, but I said, you know, Dan is the best I've ever met at having no problem. Talking to the manager, where most people would be like, "Okay, I'll just, I'll keep quiet." Dan is the best, you know. I, I've I've done this joke about Dan, where like, you know, if, if somebody's like working at a call center and uh, they happen to get Dan Duran calling, I always say like, "What what was their lives like before this guy got on the phone?" <laughs> Help for like two hours of, well, let me just say this. I will like to speak to your supervisor. And if I can't speak to your supervisor, I'd like to speak to the founding member of your company. <laughs> and I said, Dan should Dan's the best at it. Dan should start a business called Wank.com, where you hire Dan to wank for you because there's none better. I'd like to talk to the manager.com. dot com exactly. I, I've never...
1: I've, it, that's probably the most common phrase
0: out of his mouth. Exactly. Now, I, now, the story I was going to tell about Hawaii. Yes. Another story. So this is a, maybe another time we were in Hawaii because we had more, and it involves weed. So Dan and I, so two of us, we're just stone out of our minds and we're walking along the beach. Uh, and again, we're staying at some crappy haunt, a condo, but we're walking along the beach and there's a fancy, fancy hotel. And Dan and I decide to cut through the hotel. And by the way, this is like in the evening. So 637, there are people already dressed for dinner. There's like a band (laughs) playing, And we come off the beach with our dirty, sandy feet. And you know, a lot of these hotels would have a foot bath, but this one didn't. (laughs) Duh. So Dan and I, I'm getting, we're high as monkeys. Dan and I dip our feet into, in the pool which is, again, in front of all these people, kind of like getting ready for dinner, tinkling glasses, cocktail music. So
4: low,
0: brand So low, uh, yeah. rent. Oh, and by the way, I still remember this, that it was such a fancy pool that it had like a butterfly inlay on the bottom of the pool, like really, really high end. And then so, and we're young guys, like 22, 23. And some manager guy sees us and starts walking towards us i run like it's vietnam i'm like (laughs) god i'm gone (laughs) and i run and i jump into a bush and i'm hiding like i'm my heart's pounding i'm thinking i because i don't want to get caught not dan dan stays his ground Holds his ground Dan st- And I'm watching this unfold This is again A story of admiration Dan starts to argue With the guy That we should be allowed To dip our sand filled High as a monkey Feet into his pool Because there was No foot bath <laughs> <laughs> The guy's like Dan We're not even Staying here <laughs> Wait, I, said, that I, can't? Conversation yeah, exactly. I said to Dan later, I'm like, what did you say? He said, well, I said, well, they should have a foot bath. Said, well, of course we're going to dip our feet. I'm like, dude, we're not staying at their hotel. <laughs> See, this is this is why we admire you, Dan. And, you know, it's not about being yeah. a perfect human being. You know,
1: while I'm washing my feet in your pool, how about an extra slice of roast beef?
0: <laughs> That's right. I'd like to substitute the roast beef for a lobster tail. Oh, Daniel!
2: Um, yeah, does any you of call this, me? You-, you called me. You, you called me yesterday and told me well, let's come up with some uh, stories about Lumby. Right? So how did this turn into stories about me? Well, do you, <laughs> I no I, what
0: I said was, "Do you have a?" I said, "Dan, do you have a story about Jeff or I that <clears> you now. might like to tell?" Which I did already with the, uh, the with the control the sound sound room, exactly. Him and, and the control room, and, and but uh, and- you don't have any stories about. You don't seem to remember. That you and I have known each other for forty five years.
1: Well, you guys, by, by the sound of your stories, you were boogered the whole time you were together. So yes, how's I he was boogered.
0: To that? <laughs> you know, you forget that you were the best man at all my weddings. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those we, I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, before we get to Dan Aran's news, we have got to talk about this wonderful company that has been supporting us. Now, yesterday I mentioned if you want to go and check out their website, it's boron1.com. And uh, we've learned a little bit. Tim uh, will be on with us, Tim Daniels, uh, the next couple of weeks talking about the progress of this. Uh, I'll just say it it's an investment opportunity. Because of the ubiquitous nature, yeah, that's right. I use that word of boron in so many parts of everyday life, from construction, manufacturing, medicine, science, microelectronics, specialty metals, battery technology and more. And as they say on their site, we could not survive without the element of boron. And uh, as an investment opportunity, tan has been talking about a junior mining company rarely, rarely gets to the point that Boron One is at, which is on the precipice of operating a working mine. And as several humble and Fred listeners have already done, they've looked into this. Uh, we heard from somebody that actually has already made an investment. As we always say, we can't recommend or make any claims about uh, stock prices or uh, the company other than to say, have your Sherpa or even our Sherpa. Check out Boron1.com. That's Boron1.com. Anyways, Dan, you know why we say these things about you with such—it's out of love. Well, that's the thing, that what sort of bums me out because he has—it's its because it's, it's affection, and yet Dan has story zero because of his lack of affection for me, which I find—I <laughs> find it very—that's truly—I uh, find it yeah. disturbing, actually. <clears throat> oh, I yeah. forgot—I'm the godfather of your son. And that's right, you are. You're yeah. the godfather of my child. Yet you have zero recollection of any—and um, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> And oh, you know what I, I, in the middle of that, I got
1: tired. Me ripping my pants in 1978. That's all he remembers.
0: Yeah, listen, man, we don't. We will have to have you back because well, there's a whole other show of like how you tried to chop off his head and uh, how you oh, and I, yeah, how yeah. we how we got drunk and we had a fight because of. Dan. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, right. well, it wasn't right. really a fight. <laughs> no, that's right. But we anyway. We got lots. This is we've only scratched the surface. Um, I mean.
1: That nope. fight was like Howard just kind of put his hand on my head and I was never reaching him because of my Tyrannosaurus arms. And yeah.
0: anyway, um, uh, Dan, are you uh, in an emotional place where you feel like you could do the news? Or now I, I am. Mean, I, I appreciate all of the input, and i I'm, I'm ready to go. Reset this has really all been with love, Dan. This is the I kind of thing. We'll, this is the kind of thing we'll be telling at your funeral because you're so much older than we are.
3: <laughs> now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man, his voice is nice and low. <laughs> um,
4: Duran, the anchor man comes and asks for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his
3: voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to
1: falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and
2: low My voice is nice and low And now
0: live from the matrimonial home Of Dan and Lisa Lisa and Dan Here now is best friend and movie anchor
2: Dan Duran if I told you about a Mickey Mouse horror movie, you'd think the movie was cheap shite. But there are now at least two horror films starring Mickey Mouse coming up and that's because Disney's iconic mascot, the Steamboat Willie version mm-hmm. this week has been released from copyright protection. How it was created in 1928, originally set to expire In 1984, the copyright in 1976 was uh, lobbied and the law got changed by Disney and uh, four other, you know, uh, entertainment companies and stuff. They lobbied it and they got it up to 50 years. In 98, Disney once again lobbied and they got the protections up to... The life of the author plus seventy years for a maximum of ninety five years, and we've reached the threshold. So uh, Disney has lost the Steamboat Willie version of Mm -hmm. Mickey Mouse. There's other versions. Well, I was going to say, uh, I
0: I read that story. They they still they still own the rights to the modern Mickey Mouse. So whatever whatever that means, but that original sort of weird black and white, you know, Steamboat for people again, they're go look it up. But yeah, so we're going to start seeing that now. People can yes, do uh, people uh, have people access can, to it,
2: and the,
1: wasn't that the black and white uh, Willie?
0: Yeah,
2: that's yes. right. The black and white Willie. Yeah, the bat, black and white uh, Steamboat Willie, and that was, I think, the first one where they synced sound to, uh, or at least uh, you know, animated sound to uh, uh, to the picture. So mm. that was early technology in the day. So that was uh,
0: <laughs> did, did, didn't you work at Disney in those days? Weren't you yeah, part of that, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: that was right. your creative director.
0: <laughs> 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 that's right. Were not you doing voiceover at Disney back in the yeah, late thirties? Yeah.
2: yeah, that's right. Yeah, those were great days. Uh, yeah, and I I thought when I heard about this story yesterday, I was thinking that okay, the, lo- there's going to be lots of merchandise, and you know what they you know other people making uh, Mickey Mouse movies. I didn't think that the horror movie. Uh, would be the first thing out, which is odd. And I guess mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, I didn't even realize that Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is a slasher movie because Winnie the Pooh came off of copyright protection as well. And I guess the horror movies, you know, I guess just like clowns to some people. Um, Mickey Mouse or Winnie the Pooh is a horror feature. So Winnie
0: the Pooh!
2: <laughs> <laughs> Winnie the Pooh! Boo! Winnie
0: the Pooh! Uh, yeah. here's, here's a little flavor of uh, This is from when Dan Duran was a young man It's <laughs> the Dan Duran story That's here's right Dan uh, This is a little bit of the 19's, uh, I guess it's from uh, What would you say Dan, 1920's? 1928 And now with the news, here's Dan Duran All the men yeah. did, did Mr. and Mrs. American, all the ships at sea yeah, this is from yeah. Racist Willie. Remember, this is when... <laughs> this was... If you, want, if you want to go back... We we're, were talking about cartoons oh, yeah. yesterday, but if you think about some of the cartoons from our youth, the way that uh, ethnic people were portrayed in some of these cartoons, you, you, you can't imagine it, and you would never get away with
2: it now, obviously. I was the clarinetist in that one, if you remember. Yes, oh, very nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. And of many
0: talents. Um, okay. Well, that do you have any Dan? Do you have a second story? Uh, there is a second story. That well, I stand by. Find, stand uh, by for second story. Um, here we go. Story, and so now yes. with a second story, here's Curious movie story. anchor and lead clarinetist in
2: the symphony orchestra from the 1920s. Is Dan Durant? <sighs> that Tokyo air crash happened uh, this week. Uh, truly amazing that this Airbus 350 landed at Tokyo Airport, uh, and uh, there were uh, no casualties. From that, that plane. There were casualties, unfortunately, from the Dash 8 that had uh, was on the runway or approaching the runway as the uh, the Airbus plane landed. But it is truly amazing that all those passengers got off that plane. And if you saw any of the footage, the plane was on fire the moment it touched the, uh, the Dash 8. OK, I, I don't know the story at all. What, what was this? What happened? Oh, you didn't realize. Oh, OK, I so know. yesterday uh, yesterday in Tokyo, uh, a plane, a, a, an Airbus three hundred and fifty, with three hundred and seventy nine passengers and crew on board, was approaching and landed. Uh, they had been uh, granted clearance, and um, there's still, you know, obviously investigations out. But an air, uh, but a Dash eight had started to uh, enter the runway, and the Airbus hit the Dash eight. The uh, Dash eight was a um, a Coast Guard plane that was uh, helping out with the earthquake that happened in uh, in Japan the uh, that killed 70 plus people okay um and so they were like uh, that's what they were doing there and uh somebody screwed up the five five of the six people on the dash eight died the pilot is in critical condition what back to to what i found amazing is that everybody got off that plane especially it was engulfed in flames yeah i'm looking at it now. now it's crazy and uh one of the things that they talk about is japan airlines uh, they They have a rigorous safety regimen, mm-hmm. and uh, they are noted for their safety uh, and they had everybody get out, off the plane. The thing that i it, that enters my mind is that nobody took their carry on luggage off that plane; they all left it behind and mm-hmm. you know got off, uh, which I guess is now starting to be a problem uh, in North America where people will in an emergency go for their belongings and in a situation like this. That would, have, that, that would have delayed the people getting off and people would have died. Yeah, of so course. It's just, just, just a note. If you ever get into a situation, forget about your belongings. Not important. I can just important. see
1: you though, Dan. I can just see you. Excuse me. Can I, can I please talk to the captain? Because
2: That's right. I can't. I I, <clears throat> no,
1: I'm not getting off. No, no, I want to talk to the manager because I think I should be able to take my bag.
0: Yeah, he would be saying that while on fire. By the way, Dan, um, Danny, Daniel, I'm looking at it now. You're right. I, I, I've got the video here. Of it literally, do they know why? Because as soon as it hits the ground, did it, it, it collided with something? Collided with the other with, plane. While it, oh, so the other plane was on the runway and it hit the plane and
2: as, it, as it landed. Yes. I see, I see. okay, As, as yeah, the plane was entering, yeah.
1: And that's not the fault of that airline. That's the fault of someone who's running, you know. Yeah. The, uh,
2: well, it's, the air. It's, air, it's either, well, they've, they've, I've read that they've released the transcripts of the, air, the, uh, the tower, the and they had been given permission, and the Japan Airlines confirmed, like a, a you know, pilot talk. Yeah. The uh, <clears throat> the the tower said, "Okay, you're cleared for landing." And then the uh, pilot says, "We're okay. We're cleared for landing th- on this land- runway." And then they went down on that runway. What's unclear, I guess, is whether or not the Dash Eight had been cleared to go onto the runway. Right, or not. had been that's cleared. Not- yeah, that's that's the it's the Dash Eight's fault, probably. Yeah, because if the transcript
0: says you've been cleared to land that that means you're good to go that those words are spoken very specifically giving you meaning the runways yours um here's the thing if you're if you're ever on a plane and it happens to have to go around it's usually because the plane ahead of it hasn't gotten off and gotten into a taxiway yet and they because you legally can't land while another plane is even you know taxiing off at the end of the runway so it must have been the Dash 8 got its, its uh, information mis- mixed up because it or, shouldn't have or, been there.
1: Or the air traffic controllers gave the Dash 8 the wrong information.
2: Yeah, and that has to be determined exactly what happened there. Um, and, and, but there is uh, other airline experts that are talking about how uh, air safety is. There's a lot of problems with uh, late. Of late, there's been a lot of near misses in, uh, in its pilots that have sort of saved the day in north america and uh it, those near misses i guess what they're talking about is that that it's overtaxed air traffic controllers or there's too much uh i don't know there's not enough rest time whatever it is that's uh, that that are uh, the industry may be ramping up more there's less experienced people uh pilots or whatever uh, than there used to be because there's such a demand for pilots right now there is a discussion there right now about whether we're overdoing it. Yeah. Uh at those at these airports and they they should be a little bit more careful.
0: Well, uh, you know, thanks for that story because I had not heard that and now looking at the video it's uh, quite compelling. Um and that's a big ass plane, man. Oh yeah. You know, and and you said about uh Japanese are renowned for their safety. Um there was a, an incident years ago with a, a, Jap- a Japanese airline that is responsible for a worldwide was was responsible for a worldwide shift in something called cockpit resource management or crm or whatever the acronym is and briefly what happened was there was a experienced captain in the left seat of a 747 size plane whether it was a seven what it was a big plane and then there was a co-pilot and an engineer and Just what I don't know the exact details, but something was going wrong. And the co-pilot and engineer didn't didn't want to say anything to the captain because of the hierarchy of of the management. They were afraid to speak truth to power and so hesitated. And the captain was doing something and everyone on the plane died. That's the short of it is. So what happened was because of that incident, it became part of the training to. To basically allow the first officer and anyone as an underling, anybody to point out a flaw and the superior to take it under consideration so that people didn't die. Um, but in this case, it's not, it's, it's, in this case, it's, I think Dan's right. It's more of an air traffic. Maybe somebody just mis- mistaken, mistakenly allowed the dash to go on the runway ahead of the other plane.
1: Is there any chance that the guy in the dash thought that air traffic control was saying it's your runway? Is there any chance of that? I mean...
0: Well, somebody, somebody had to think okay. it was okay to go on the runway. Like, okay. what
1: do you hear? So, because you're experienced in this, Howard. What, what, what do you hear to identify your plane? What, how does that sound? Like, when an air traffic controller says specifically to the Airbus, you have clearance, how does does the air traffic controller identify... That plane in that sentence.
0: They would they would uh, they would say the name of the plane, whatever the call letters of the plane are. They would say, you know, Air Canada nine eight seven. The runway's yes. yours, or you're cleared to you're cleared to, or the runway th- you line, line up and or they would say something like line up on three two and hold. But something in that communication broke down. Um, here's somebody from uh, somebody. Oh, this is about a. But another airport Anyway uh, Dan thanks for that story And uh, speaking of which Thank you Jeff Lumby That's it That's the show That's how it's uh, We're done now
1: That's it Okay. That's, that's how
0: quickly it happened
1: Alright well that was fun thanks Dan, very much ch- for having me on And guest fretting. I'll do it for you anytime
2: So it's like four in the afternoon For you right now right I guess so yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: three, three, three o'clock
2: Three Right So you're yeah. going to walk over To your wine cellar Pull out a bottle And then uh, Go watch by. a movie
1: Make a fire. Go watch a movie. Have a glass of wine. You got it. That's the wow. st- that's the way that works. Yeah. And
0: yeah, uh, and been, when is this? It's been
1: quite. It's been quite the imposition.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. I didn't mean to interrupt your day, dude. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. I, I knew it was going to be good. Tomorrow, Lori Love, as I mentioned, is going to be here. Dan, you, you did you ever you know Lori, Obviously, Dan spent twenty years. Sunbathing and whatever people do at the
2: playing cottage games and up at the lake. Up yeah. at the lake, uh, Laurie was my neighbor for uh, quite a number of years up there. And great so, radio now,
1: chops, great radio. Yes, yes. Um, and Absolutely.
0: and you know what? I'll, maybe Lori will have a Dan Duran story or two. Oh my
2: god! <laughs> when is this on? I want to be there for that. Or a Lumby story? Maybe she has a good Lumby story.
0: Here and 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 maybe tomorrow. Here's a fun thing for you, Dan. Maybe by this time tomorrow, you can look back on our 45 years and come up with a story about me. I don't want to. I I don't want to make an imposition on you. Um, Lori will be here also. uh, Yes.
1: One last thing. Uh, I just wanted to thank both of you guys for uh, participating in uh, Jeff and Julie's 100th episode, which drops next Friday, the 12th. Nice and. you guys have both uh, contributed questions for us to answer after being here for three plus years in France. And uh, so we're going to look at all kinds of little <laughs> surprise uh, questions from uh, all of our dear friends. And uh, I just wanted to thank
0: you guys for helping out with that. Well, you're very welcome. Jan- so December 12th, if you're fans of J&J, move to France. Yeah. Pardon me? January, January, January 12th. 12th. Uh, look for that, and uh, I should also thank uh, Emily Muse for being on the program today. I know a lot she of people. Great. Yeah, she was great, and uh, I got to say, I got to uh, come up with Uber Beats, which will be my, you know, one of my Very favorite. Good. Yeah, my, my new. <laughs> that's right. It's a, exactly. a mobile rub and tug. Uber Beats. Yeah,
1: in the Back seat of the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right. Is it, I'm going to order Uber Beats uh, anyway. Dan, uh, we look forward to your participation tomorrow, as always. And uh, Larry Fedoric will be our guest and Lori Love, our guest
2: Fred. All right, everybody. This episode of Humble & Fred was brought to you by The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and our newest sponsor, Lenders' Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails. Humble & Fred at com. That's Humble & Fred at HumbleAndFredRadio.com. Tell us what you think. And here's something you can do to help us out. Tell your friends. Ask them to subscribe to this podcast. Maybe just share an episode. Rate the podcast. Say something nice about us. For Humble & Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, on your journey, on your journey
3: order Uber Beats. The
2: runway is yours. Enjoy every goddamn day.
3: The jigsaw jazz in the get-fresh flow.
0: Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?